Today's Trophy Kids, we've got a great show for you. We're talking about the NFL Week 8, NFL trade deadline, also the news coming out of the NCAA today, and we got some picks. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is October 30th, and it's been a day. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing good. It's been... Trade deadline hit this morning or today, this morning at 4 p.m. Surprisingly, not as many trades as I thought there was going to be, which will kind of hit as we go through the games, as well as a statement by the NCAA, which puts Clemson on the hot seat. We'll get to here in a moment. But we start where we always start Monday Night Football, a game that made me want to throw up on paper. It's not often that you see a preseason game in week eight of the NFL, but that's what we thought we were going to get last night. Turned out not to be a terrible game ish <laughs> for what i thought it was going to be had a, yeah. a, a ryan Fitzmagic sighting in the first half that died off in the second the steelers fought back but overall could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot worse it was nice to see the dolphins get out to a little lead there and then panic and realize oh shit we're winning um they don't want to win obviously i was getting excited myself because i was like well now they're gonna have a win and the redskins only have one win even though we hold that tiebreaker I'm rooting for the Dolphins. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I want that number one pick. Um, I want Chase Young. But, yeah, that game, it was better than I was expecting. It, it could have gone a lot worse. The Steelers looked awful in the first quarter and ten minutes. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it turned out to be how I expected it. Yeah, you had two teams, one that is obviously tanking and doing oh, yeah. the NBA strategy, and then the Steelers, who are just banged up every which direction. I mean, at this point in the running depth chart, I think the water boy's number two because everybody seems to be banged up at that position, never mind the quarterback position. Um, but, yeah, absolutely atrocious start for the Steelers. They figured it out, put it together. The Dolphins collapsed. Booger brought up a good point, and you bring up the Chase Young thing. About the Dolphins maybe going out and get Chase Young in that first pick. They do have something like, I think, 11 or no, nine picks in the first first and second round or some crazy nonsense like that. So God. might not hurt <laughs> to go get Chase Young if you have that first pick because you need a lot of help on the, the Dolphins. Yeah, for sure. And Chase Young is just a one-man wrecking crew, dude. I feel like I mean, it's crazy to say like he's the next Lawrence Taylor, but that guy is just insane. I mean, he just literally dominated this past weekend. Just dominated the entire game. I mean, Wisconsin was terrified of him. Yeah, I mean, it was it was insanely impressive. And the whole thing that Booger kind of tied that into on Monday night, which really gets us to the better games, is the Bosa, drafting a Bosa at the 49ers and the havoc he is raising there. The 49ers, I know the Patriots, I think, are still power-ranked in most people's number one, but the 49ers are a very strong, I think, second in my book. That defense is just as good, if not better, than the Pats defense, which is kind of crazy and ludicrous to say because it is the Patriots. But you look at that defense, holy mother of God, 49ers are a monster. Yeah, I feel like the Pats, they're, they're maybe better at, like, scoring on defense. Like, obviously, it's like defensive touchdowns and stuff. But, like, the 49ers just kind of physically dominate other teams, especially up front. And, I mean, the Pats do as well, but just not to – I don't feel to the extent, the same extent that the 49ers do. I mean, Bosa just – I mean, he just mows down whoever's in front of him. It's unbelievable. It is insane. That play where he had that interception was bananas. Oh, my God. Like, that was – I won't rewatch it, like, 30 times because it was insane. Yes, absolutely insane. The shit that he's capable of doing and just the havoc he creates. 
Yeah. And the 49ers, we said going into that game, the 49ers were a team that – or not the 49ers. The Panthers were a team that we sort of have both of yeah. us underestimated. They got – that was a very good team going into that. They did obviously play a bad game, but the fact that they were able to put 51 up on the Panthers and make them look like a JV squad was incredibly impressive. Yeah, they really shit on them. I thought that was just a big-time statement win for the 49ers. Um, and like I said, you know, I mean, he didn't get involved too often because obviously he's still learning the offense, but Emmanuel Sanders goes out there and scores like right away. Uh, I think he's just going to continue and get more and more involved. I mean, I know they're they're very run heavy as they should be because I, I don't think Jimmy Grapes is that great of a quarterback, so they should lean on the run game and the defense. But it's you know he was having the addition of Manuel Sanders is just huge for that defense. Yeah, I mean that really puts them, and I think we both said this last week, or at least both agreed on it, that that puts them into the category that Emmanuel Sanders move puts them in that. Yeah, I could see them in the Super Bowl because they run the ball really well. They have the defense obviously in place as long as they stay healthy. And now you have the weapon on the outside that gives Jimmy a guy that he can just kind of go throw the ball to when he needs to. And most of the time, he's going to be either open or in a position to make a play on the ball. Yeah, um, absolutely. We did get the Kyle Allen coming back down to earth, though, on the flip side of this. Because we got way out of hand in the news media with saying he was the better option than Cam Newton. Because, I mean, come on, people. We, we definitely... I think there's been a there's the NFL and you said this a couple weeks ago. We are so kind of week to week and reactionary to this. I think there's a bit of an overreaction. Like this kid isn't the future type of deal. He played one of the best defenses. He's still super young. I give a little leniency to that. He probably maybe isn't the guy, but I'm not going to write him off right away. But he's definitely not better than Cam Newton, and we can stop having that silly debate. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a silly debate. Um, I mean, I kind of was kind of open to the idea that he was better than Cam Newton, but no, he, he's not. Maybe at some point he will be, but right now he's not. He's not ready. Um, if Cam can come back, which I, mean, I know he's expected to, then yeah, he goes right back into that starting lineup. They're fighting for a playoff spot. You got to have Cam Newton in the damn game. Yeah. A healthy Cam Newton is what I'm talking about here, too. I should maybe clarify yes. that. Because a healthy Cam Newton, he's not. A even slightly banged up Cam Newton, you know, there might be a little bit of a battle there. Well, I don't know if Cam Newton would have performed exponentially better given his banged-up status in that 49ers game. He probably would have been dominated, too, or probably gotten hurt at some point. Yeah, um, he may have got hurt. So it's not like it's this. What they've been doing there is, is good. It's just some people are so quick to write it off, and I just think Kyle Allen maybe in the future will develop into something. But I think for now it's a little bit back to reality that, oh, yeah, there's a reason this guy's the backup. There's a reason this guy didn't beat Cam Newton out for a starting job in the NFL preseason. It's because he is still super young and can be easily taken advantage of like he did against that 49ers defense. Absolutely. Which brings us to the sec- the best defense, and we kind of bring it because I tie it into this, and the Patriots, who, man, it was clobbering time in Brown- Browns-Patriots game, which I love because I took the Pats. Yeah, me too. The Browns are in, I think, panic mode. They oh, will get to their yeah. schedule coming up, but you have to be real panicked about Freddie Kitchens and what he is doing to that team because some of the things that are going on are some of the dumbest things outside of Matt Nagy, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. It is, I mean, just out of this world. Yeah, and I, you got to be concerned as a Browns fan. Obviously, you have to be concerned about your coaching situation. You have to be concerned about how I, I realize Odell is going against Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore is probably the best cornerback in the league. Going against the Patriots defense, but Odell just can't get involved. When the ball is going his way, he's almost sometimes he's not even catching it like he normal does normally does. On top of that, as Browns fans, you have to be worried about what this is doing to Baker's progressions as being a pro. I, 
I feel like they're just halting all like all of his progressions that he could be making, and that's very concerning. Yeah, I think that's the biggest point. It's it's the fuckery that they bring to the game, Freddie Kitchens, right now <laughs> that I think is really kind of screwing up Baker because. Baker is a guy who I don't know, you know, if he's going to be the next greatest thing, but he seems to have all the pieces that if you mold him right, should be a guy that can be your franchise quarterback. That's at least what jumps out to me. I'm not going to say he's going to be the best quarterback in the league, but as long as you have a somewhat competent coach that can help mold him, he should be a guy that can go out and win games and not look absolutely ridiculous on the field, which is what Freddie Kitchens has essentially done. He's made him a laughingstock in a lot of ways. Some of it is Baker's fault because he's just not playing well, but some of it's just Freddie Kitchen putting him in the worst positions ever. Some awful positions. And like you said, some of it is Baker's fault. I mean, Baker definitely, I'm, I'm shocked. At, I'm, I really am. I'm shocked at how bad he's performing right now, especially with all the weapons. Um, did Jarvis Landry ever come back in the game? Uh, I don't remember if he... That injury looked a little... I don't yeah. know what... I, I don't even know if they ever came out and said what happened to him. I haven't heard that anything happened to him, so I'm assuming Jarvis Landry's fine. But his injury didn't look great when I saw that. Um, but, yeah, Baker is just he's, – he's not being put in good positions, and he's also just making dumb dumb mistakes on his own. I want to say by now – I mean, how many interceptions does Baker have? It's a good bundle, to say the least. I mean, at least a dozen? Yeah, probably. He's probably got a Baker's dozen. Um, he's – yeah, his career's got, got 26. What's he at for? And just two oh, seasons. dude, That's yeah, not... yeah, That's... dude, he's <laughs> wow. Um, and I mean, you got Nick Chubb just breaking massive runs and coughing the ball up two plays in a row. How are you gonna? How are you gonna cough the ball up once? All right, that's fine. Yeah, Whatever. he's got but a Baker really... dozen. He's got 12. Yeah. Sorry, he does wow. have 12. That is insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell, I mean, we're eight games in. Is that it? Seven games yep. in? Eight games? Eight in? games in. I mean, that's. Well, that's insane. So he's going to probably have about 20 picks this year. We got Nick Chubb, who's running 70 yards downfield. Great run. Just coughs it up on the five. I'm like, you can't do that against the Patriots. You, you just can't. You're never going to beat them. No. You're never going to beat the Patriots by giving them turnovers. And you're never going to beat them with the kind of fuckery that I was talking about, where it was the most epic Browns play with that little, like, shuttle pass that got picked oh, off. Yeah. They just <laughs> blew it up. It's like, what are you doing? Here's the thing about the Patriots, which if you don't know as a head coach, then I don't know how to help you. They are one of the most disciplined football teams in the history of football teams. You are very going to rarely beat them with fuckery. You mix it in here and there to try to catch them off guard, but it shouldn't be your go-to right off the bat, which it seems to be for the Browns. The fact that they also have now the record for three snaps, three turnovers in a row, is the most Browns thing ever. But it's just, it's that type of stuff that makes me go, Freddie Kitchens, you are way in the deep end and you don't know how to swim. Exactly. I mean, you're trying to get cute against the Patriots. Like, no, you can you can do it. Like you said, once in a while it'll work. You saw the Eagles do it in the Super Bowl. It happens. But I mean, come on. Especially in that game. I mean, it was wet. I mean, just dumb. Yeah, and that stuff you generally in the Eagles, and that's a perfect example. They did have it, but they built to that moment. They show yeah. looks that you think they're going to do something different, and then they switch it up. They don't just run it right out of the gate. They build yeah. towards that. You're like this, you're playing the mastermind here. Um, so I think the answer, simply for Browns fans, there's two things. One, your schedule gets increasingly easier. They have had a tough schedule, so it's not all is lost, and they are playing in one of the worst divisions in football right now, the AFC North. The Ravens are five and two, and the next it's Steelers at three and four, the Browns at two and five, and the Bengals at zero oh and eight. And you still get to play the Bengals twice, I think. So, like that is reassuring. Yeah, you got the Bengals twice. You got the Cardinals 
you got the Dolphins, you got the Steelers twice, you do have the Bills, and you do have the Ravens, but not terrible yet. Here's the thing, though. Freddie Kitchens has to give up the offensive play calling because he is way out of his depths and just cannot manage the game and manage the team. If he doesn't do that and this continues to go the way it goes, I think he's a first-year head coach and gone. Like, he's gone after this year because you just can't – windows are so small in the NFL, you can't waste it. Um, Yeah, especially with the talent he has. Yeah. Now, on the other side with the the Patriots, what can we say that hasn't already been said? They're phenomenal. The one thing I would say, because we are going to – I'm going to nitpick them here a little bit, and I don't think it would probably be a, uh, a concern in the regular season. The NFC, their top teams can run the ball, and the Patriots have do, have not played exceptionally well against the run. That has got to be a little concerning for the Patriots. Obviously, I think Bill Belichick will probably figure that out because I can't imagine he doesn't know that about his team right now. Yeah. But if you're a Patriots fan, the AFC is top-heavy. They're probably going to walk through it. But I'd be a little, little nervous about the running game that is coming out of the NFC with all the top teams. Saints, 49ers, everybody has a good running back. Oh, yeah. the Niners, Saints, yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, even Seattle. I mean, they can run. Yeah. So that's the one thing I have on the Patriots. I don't really have much because they are they are who they always have been, and they are yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard. I mean, yeah, but you are right. That would be one slightly concerning thing. Slightly concerning thing if I were a Pats fan. Yeah. Speaking of, like, top-heavy AFCs, the Chiefs, I mean, not looking great pushing the Mahomes envelope because you had a you have to win certain games and you got to go out and try to beat the Packers. They only lost 31-24, but I'd have to imagine if Mahomes is healthy, that game is probably going Chiefs way maybe. Packers are a real fighter, but I think lesson learned Andy Reid's don't push your future quarterback. He's banged up. Maybe rest him in a meaningless, meaningless game and play him in the big ones. <laughs> Agreed. And Andy Reid, again, just he doesn't know how to control the damn clock. I don't <laughs> know what the hell he's doing. He's a phenomenal coach, but he just cannot manage the clock. I mean, hire someone, please. Andy Reid might arguably be, outside of like Bill Belichick, the most consistent head coach. And the fact that every probably. year his team's going to compete for a Super Bowl, not make it probably. And yeah. he's also going to fuck up the clock management. Like, it is... Every single time, the most consistent product ever to a T. <laughs> he it still really has figured out. You just cannot manage the clock. I mean, you can run it off beautifully, but you yeah. get around two minutes. God help him. He's an offensive mastermind to the two-minute <laughs> drill, and then his brain just becomes a, a lug nut of beat prods and I don't know what else. Beer. Like, wait, I, I, like, wait, I can stop the clock. I didn't know that. <laughs> what are timeouts? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand why you can't do that. Yeah, it is bad. The Packers on the other side, though, they are bad. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, they figured out the secret of don't play wide receivers at running back and play running backs at wide receivers. Um, But Aaron Rodgers, he's looking like bad, bad man, Mr. Aaron Rodgers again. And that defense, whoo, they seem to put it together in Packers land. Yeah, Rodgers looks unreal. Um, Right now, in my opinion, he should be leading MVP, maybe Christian Caffrey, maybe, but no, I'm all in on Rodgers. He's just he's just out there just firing the ball. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And he's like we talked about, he doesn't even have his best receiver playing. But I mean, even his running backs, Aaron Jones. Oh my! I mean, he's playing out of his mind. I mean, they've just it's a solid team. Like you said, the defense also. Rodgers never has a defense, and this year he has one, and he's slinging it like he was slinging it like three years ago. So I'd be a little worried playing against Mister Rodgers right now. 
yeah, that is bad, bad man, Mr. Rogers, because yeah. like we said, he doesn't have his top receivers. It did they did get off to a slow start on offense, but that's just figuring out a new yeah. offense. Matt LaFleur seems to be a very gifted offensive play caller, at least right now, um, from all things seen there. So it just takes a little bit to get into it, and now he is off and running, and that is a scary fact if you're the rest of the NFC there. Agreed. And, I mean, I know that the Vikings are still in that division and they are playing well, but, I mean, come on now. You got fucking Aaron Rodgers over there. I mean, his stupid dopey Kirk Cousins going to really win that division. Come on. He's not going to win that. Yeah, that, that's Aaron. Aaron's taking that division. Yeah, I think the Packers are starting to run away with that, especially because, and from the Andy Reid tree, the Bears are done. Which oh, I my think God, they're so natural. Done. And I think the Lions are probably done as we have an ambulance running by right now. <laughs> How timely with all these done teams. And the Vikings, like you said, are probably done. But the Bears, the Bears are done. Matt Nagy, I think, has got to be done. And Mitchell Trubisky is probably done as well because it is – that double doink has officially broken Matt Nagy's ha- head. He should be in, like, the book, The Cuckoo Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, or whatever the heck that thing was called, in insane silent, because he has lost his mind. That was one of the dumbest performances I have ever seen by a head coach since... It's pretty dumb. Since, since, since Bruce Arians thought we shouldn't move closer for your field goal, which is exactly yeah. what Matt Nagy just did, and then just missed it wide right or left it is that is an embarrassment if i and then he got shitty with the media it is an i would be embarrassed as i was with bruce arians if i was a bears fan i mean bruce arians like the thing with bruce arians i mean it was extremely dumb i mean dumber in a way but they had to kick it right then and there matt nagy could have gone and gained more yards (laughs) yes it was 48 (laughs) seconds left with the timeout (laughs) with the timeout he had so much time so i don't understand why he didn't try to game more yards? He's like, well, we could have like fumbled, or I mean, so you're just gonna play terrified, yeah, and then have him kick a 41 yard field goal. I mean, a 41 yard field goal. I realize an NFL kicker should make that, but they, they miss it all the time, and yeah. especially in Chicago, he missed he missed an easier kick earlier that game, and I think the Chargers kicker kicker missed a kick as well, going in the same direction. Yeah, he missed like it a made third. zippy sense. Here's even where it gets better. Eddie Pinheiro today said he doesn't even like kicking from that hash. You couldn't even get him to the place where he feels the most comfortable? Look, there's no chance of fumbling there. Just have Mitch run to the middle of the field, or if he prefers the right hash, the right hash and fall over. Like, what are you doing, dude? If he had kicked it from center, he would have made it too, probably, because he didn't miss by that much. It just barely hooked. There were so many things he could have done. I mean, he could have... He even like brought up how like he, how everyone knew it's gonna run. We were gonna run them. If we, if we wanted to gain yards, they knew we would run the ball, and we would lose yards. Okay, then do a QB rollout and tell match if no one's open, roll that bit, or if no one's open, run for five yards. I mean, there were just so many things that could have that Nagy could have done, and he just chose no. We're gonna kneel the ball, lose a yard. I mean, I realize it's just a yard, but a yard's a yard. It made no sense to me. It was so bizarre. Well, that's such, like, dumb fuckery football because I like the head coach that goes, yeah, they know we're going to run it. We're still going to run it down their throats. Exactly. They had been doing that during the game. Or as you said, to your point, okay, they think we're going to run it. Then have Mitch roll out, which he generally is pretty good when you roll him out. And you can have move. him throw it away or throw it to a guy to get a couple yards or fall down in a better position where Eddie feels more comfortable about kicking it. And if you happen to take a sack, if the guy's good from 41 – 
He should be good from 44 or whatever it is. Like, it's not going to be that much yardage you're about to lose. It is just playing to lose the game almost always loses you the game. And so it's just yeah. dumb. It's And you said this to me a couple weeks ago, I think it was. NFL football coaches think they're way smarter than they generally are. Yes. Like, it goes back to these, like, Freddie Kitchens, Matt Nagy's, who just think they're incredibly smart. There's only a handful of guys in the league who can be head coach and OC and call the plays. Bill Belichick doesn't even do that. This is the first year he's fully calling the defense. Like, there is a small handful of guys. Most of you are not that. And then there are those guys who think they are the geniuses who fart smell better than everybody else types of guys. I think they're so smart, and they're just re-garbage, dumbery football. I just hate it, like you said, like, yeah, I hate it when coaches try to deflect their stupidity and try to make the media look stupid for asking a, <laughs> a, a logical question. I mean, I'm like, like, why are you trying to make that guy look dumb? Like, you're the idiot here. Like, I, I, I can't stand it. Yeah, it is. And you were the one who brought that point up. Like, it is so many dudes who just think they're smart yep. and are just dumbasses. And that's what it is. And also, I'll tell you right now, not a smart strategy getting on the Chicago media, just like it's not a smart strategy to fight against the Boston media, the New York media, any of these big markets, because if you're losing and you're losing this way, and then you turn them into the enemy, that's the quickest way to find the door. Cause you are basically kissed your ass goodbye in Chicago at this point, unless there is some immaculate turnaround. (laughs) For sure. Cause that's the other thing you're tied to Mitch. I mean, Mitch is in his third year, which is why I think he's probably done. But, like, you're tied to him for probably at least another year unless you plan on getting rid of him with still a year left on his deal. You just don't exercise the fifth. But bad situation uh, for Bears. (laughs) Yeah, I can't see them exercising the fifth, fifth, but you never know. Some teams do it, and you're like, why do you do that? Yeah, we exercise the fifth with Jameis, which I guess is a good point to briefly bring up the Tampa Bay and their fuckery. (laughs) Our season was summed up when our own player tackled our running back. So, you know. (laughs) That's the Bucks season in a nutshell. We lost to Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, uh, who actually have a good defense, but that offense is atrocious. The Bucks are a dumpster yeah. fire. We're always going to be a dumpster fire. I don't think the Blazers really care because they have a stake in Man U. We're their ugly stepchild. It's a disaster in Tampa. We're the Browns of the South. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can pretty much relate with my own team. So, yeah, we're pretty much miserable. Yeah. Which, speaking of bad quarterbacking situation, let's talk about the Rams Bengals here real quick because there was – some big news here. It looks like the Red Rifle has lost his, all of his bullets because he is no yeah. longer the starting quarterback in Cincinnati. They're going with Ryan Flynn, uh, who they are saying, you know, hey, we want to see what he's got, which I get. You're eight weeks into the season. You're on eight. Andy Dalton's the first quarterback to since, like, 1950 to go 8-0 and also 0-8 in his career, um, which is an immaculate stat line. But did you have to do it on his birthday? That was pretty ruthless by the Bengals there, especially for a guy who did – pretty decent against the Ravens. I mean, he had yeah. a 61% completion percentage through for 329 yards and a touchdown. Like, not a bad day. <laughs> Seems a little cruel. It wasn't the worst day. And when I heard that stat about the 8-0 start and the 0-8 start, I know there were some nasty Bengal teams, like something went 13-3, and but damn, they started 8-0? I was like, holy yeah. shit! <laughs> wow, the team was good. But of course, they didn't win the playoffs. Nope. Yeah. And that's Andy, too. I'll say this about Andy's career. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't try to move him, and I'm surprised a team like the Bears didn't maybe try to make a, a pitch because you probably could have gotten him pretty cheap because obviously his time in Cincinnati's done. Um, and yeah. he is a guy, right for wrong, who is sort of like water. 
Whatever you put him in is what he's going to fit to. You put him in a bowl, he's going to fit to the bowl. You put him on the ground, he's going to splash everywhere. So at one point, he was an MVP candidate, and he was a great quarterback in 2015. That team, that Bengals team, I think in my mind, is still a Super Bowl team had he not broken his finger and then (laughs) got some pretty rough calls in that Steelers game. But he is that guy. He has always been that guy. He's not a great quarterback, but he's also not the worst. And take it from a guy who has dealt with some pretty shitty quarterbacks, I would love to have that. So if you have a semi-talented team and you put him on that, he's going to win you some football games, which the Bears need, and they do have some talent with Allen Robinson, who's killing it. Um, so I'm sort of surprised he didn't get moved, but his time's up in Cincinnati. I don't know what the Bengals are going to do. They have a lot of holes to fill. I'm also surprised they didn't move on from A.J. Green, because I get not wanting to trade a prime athlete, a guy in his prime who's one of the best wide receivers, but like you guys aren't going to be good for a while, so you might as well get some assets, because by the time you get good, his career is probably going to be over. Oh, yeah, his career will definitely be over. And I mean, he's already... He's dealt with injuries in his career. I think it will probably just continue. Um, and like I said, I mean, he's still in his primary career, but he's probably 30, 31 at this point. So, yeah, I, I can't believe they didn't move him. I mean, they have so many holes. Their offensive line is horrendous. Joe Mixon cannot run. I mean, he actually played well this past game, naturally, because I didn't start in fantasy. Um, but, I mean, Joe Mixon cannot do anything. And Joe Mixon's a talented player. Like, I've actually watched a couple Bengals games, and Mixon's making, like, three guys miss in the backfield and then just loses the yard. Like, they they have just no one and yeah I mean at that point you should sell off whatever assets you have acquire picks because by the time like you said by the time you're competitive all these players won't even be here anyway yeah I mean it really like that's it and that's the other thing with Andy Dalton I don't necessarily blame him on this season because same thing with Joe Nixon why he's having such a terrible season that offensive line is oh, garbage it's like they are so bad. really bad and he's not Andy Dalton's not a mobile quarterback he also no. he is aging so his arm strength's a little down. And it's just a bad situation in Cincinnati. So you need a lot of help there. The Patriots are apparently interested in Eifert. That man is class, so I don't know why you're not trying to unload his contract because he's probably going to get hurt in a couple weeks, and they apparently wanted him. Even if they give you a fifth-round pick, fuck it, it's probably worth it at this point because you need assets. Yes! Like, you Tyler need Eifert? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> so, yeah, ship him. Yeah, ship him as the Rams shipped Khabib. <laughs> that would yes. be the UFC. Akib Tlaib, <laughs> who was a former buck there. Um, another game, they played well. They're starting to roll a little bit here. I don't know if they're going to really make a push here. That trade just seems to me is we got Marcus Peters now. We need to offload a contract because they shipped him to Miami for and a fifth round pick, I think, which good for Miami. Miami's just clobbering. Yeah, pitch. Miami's acquiring wealth. Um, you said Marcus Peters. I know you meant Jalen Ramsey, but yep. um, um... <laughs> they ship Marcus Peters off too. Or... They also, yeah, but um, yeah, like you said. I mean, the Rams, they're definitely coming together here. I mean, they're playing shit teams, which they kind of needed to. They, the, the Rams need this. Um, I think they, I don't remember what shitty teams they've played, but they've played some shitty teams recently. But it's exactly what they need to kind of get things together. Um, and, yeah, they're a smart team. You ship off players that, I mean, they're aging and you need cap space. So, yeah, just get rid of them, acquire a pick. I wish the Redskins would do the same. They don't. They're stubborn and they refuse to do but that's what good teams do, and the Rams are a good team, and they're smart because, like we've said, I mean, they're going to be in salary cap hell probably for a while, so ship off whatever you can. Ship them off. Get Unload the players because you got another guy who can play the position, which actually brings us to a great point in your Redskins, who didn't have the best game, but you did have some good news today. Apparently, Trenton Williams is reporting to the team, so you didn't trade him, but he's yeah. reporting. <laughs> he's reporting, but I'm sure he's going to come up with a little – phantom back injury i mean he's there's no i can't see him playing he's reporting 
I mean, I've also read there's certain things the Skins can kind of file grievances against them that wouldn't give them credit for this year. Knowing how petty our front office is, it wouldn't surprise me if we try. It's just a disaster that we never traded Trent Williams. We're, we're just the dumbest team ever. I, I I hate us. Yeah, you guys are in another one of those positions, just like the Bengals, where it's like you need a lot of you need yeah. some help, and you got to get some picks and some assets. And so I why tell not? you what, I would have called the Steelers today and I said, "You want Adrian Peterson for a six round pick?" <laughs> Ship. That's a seventh, very good one. I didn't even think of that. That because seventh eight, round pick. I mean, I, I would have taken whatever. I mean, who cares at this point who's the running back for the Redskins? Who cares? It's a very good point, and there are teams who need some running backs. So yeah, I mean, I would have said AP. I mean, AP can still play. I mean, he bust some runs out of the game. Where I'm like, holy shit, this guy is just not normal. He could still play, and he could contribute to a, a like. A, and not that the Steelers are contending, but they're just an example. He could contribute, but not where we're going to hang on to him. Yeah, I was going to mention that. AP had some runs in that game, and just overall, yes, he where he's old man is still pumping hard, which, yeah. I mean, we're sort of in the same boat. Your team's doing a little worse than mine, but, like, when you have those, it, it's a little nice to see on game day when you know you're about to get your ass kicked to see an old man like that flying around. Lie. I do get excited when AP busts out a run like that. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy. I He's my favorite player to watch in this game, which is sad, but he really is. Yeah, he's awesome. Tough game for the Redskins, though, losing the Vikings. The Vikings are a team, though. They're starting to roll as well. They have played some some tough or some shittier teams, but they're starting to get it going. It just always comes down the linchpin, Kirk Cousins, what he's going to bring exactly. them late in the year. It comes down to Kirk Cousins. And, I mean, I'm sorry. I know Kirk Cousins' stat line was great in that game, but, I mean, all he did is dink that ball. He just threw screens. He just... I mean, the good teams, Kirk Cousins can't do that. That's just yep. what that's what Kirk Cousins is. Kirk Cousins is a king of packing the box score late in games or just oh, yeah. absolute nonsense. Sort of like like a Matthew Stafford who like who's playing really well this year, but another yeah, guy his stat lines are so misleading for his career in general, but he's playing really well this year. And that team's playing well. Goal. Yeah. The Lions uh, are, they're probably out of it, but they're better than I was expecting. That tie kind of fucked up. Yeah, the tie fucked them in from momentum, and that Packers game really just kind of put the. Oh game. yeah. You lose yeah. a game like that, and I said it with Tim on uh, the Thursday one. It's at that point, it's just over. Like you guys are just you can't come back from something like that. It's so tough in this league, but they are they're heading in the right direction overall as a franchise, and I think they're they're better than I expected this year. Windows and football's weird, so next year who knows? It could be garbage, yeah, but they know. seem to be trending in the right direction. Another team trending in the direction. The last team I kind of want to touch on before we get to some picks here is. Colts. I don't know what to make of the Colts. The Colts have beaten some really good teams. They've lost to some really bad teams. They played certain teams that they shouldn't have played very close, super close. Like the Bengals, they only beat 13-6, to but then they go out and they beat the Texans and they beat the Chiefs, and it's like, I don't know what to make of the Colts. I think they're a good football team, but they're sort of like a mixed bag. I don't know really what I'm going to get week to week with them right now. Yeah, the Colts are weird. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're in the same boat. We're obviously rooting against them. Um, yep. But they're just... They're a weird team, but I, like you said, they, they, they can barely beat some teams, but then they go out and boat race other teams. I don't know what to Stop. make of them at all. I mean, yeah. Jacoby Brissett makes some insane plays, but then he makes also a few boneheaded plays. But I got to give it to him. You know, when Alex Smith on our um, skins broke his leg, I mean, that was absolute disaster for our team. Andrew Luck retires out of nowhere, and somehow their drug addict owner is able to just, like, 
rebuild everything. Everything's fine. They're five and two. I'm just like they had a backup plan apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, I know Dan Snyder's an idiot and likes to booze a lot, but I mean, this guy's like a noted drug addict. Like, what's going on? Yes, it is. I honestly, and me and you, we've said it multiple times, we raced to our phones, somehow got in the bet that the Colts wouldn't make the playoffs thinking we were geniuses. But all along, apparently, Jim Ursay had the best backup plan in football ever where he had Jacoby Brissett in the wings waiting to go, and he's picked up and made it off to the races. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And I'm holding out hope somehow they don't make it, but it's looking like regardless, they're probably at least going to get a wild card. So, yep. I mean, that bet's probably effed, but... I don't know. I don't know what to make about that team. But I don't even know what to make about that entire division in general because I don't know what to make about the Texans or anything. So That's exactly where I'm at. One thing's for sure. The quarterback situation for Houston is locked in. The rest of it, who knows? My yeah. my feeling is that they're going to be the same team they always are where they kind of crawl into the playoffs and then the offensive line just falls like a building. It yes. just collapses yeah. like a house of cards, and that's that's their season. <laughs> like they're the same team they are every year, I think. Where they're making a push right now, and we're going, oh, they're pretty good, but in reality, they're just they're an ugly, they're an ugly chick hunter hiding under a Halloween costume. Like yes. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to go well. Um, that kind of wraps up for my recaps. I got some picks that are jumping right off the page. We were yeah. speaking about this little pre-show. First one for me: 49ers, Arizona Cardinals. I don't know how that's. At ten and a half, I know the Cardinals have been playing some competitive football, but I gotta imagine it's in Arizona, so weather conditions aren't going to hamper the 49ers like it did in Washington. So ten and a half seems very light early. <laughs> yeah, especially after seeing what they did to Carolina. I mean, come on, like you know, <laughs> don't know. I, I don't. I don't hate that. Yeah, don't hate that line. Um, <laughs> the other one that jumped off to the page before we get to yours too is Seahawks Bucks in Seattle six and a half. I mean, come on now, come on. <laughs> we're bad guys real bad Vegas I'm gonna let you know right now that's not gonna go well Jameis is not gonna do well in a loud he's like a small child he spooks easily (laughs) loud (laughs) loud environments are are his friend (laughs) yeah I'm with you there I mean I'm surprised that's the number there looking at a few games here from me this kind of depends on me, and I generally don't bet on Redskins games unless I'm betting on the other team to cover. But I don't hate us covering at 9.5 just because I don't think the Bills could score enough to almost beat us by 9.5. And, and our defense is finally coming around to actually being somewhat okay. Like, the defense was actually pretty good against the Vikings until, I mean, they just got completely worn out. But a couple things are pending there. If Dwayne Haskins starts, uh, I may be taking the Bills because Dwayne Haskins looks disastrous. But, I mean, if Keenum starts... I mean, to beat the Skins by nine, I mean, I doubt there should be more than 30 points in that game to begin with. So it just seems hard for that to happen. But there are a few things pending. Um, another one I've been looking at, we talked about it too. I know the Ravens are good, but only getting four against New England. I mean, New England's just been dominating. I, I kind of have to take New England to cover and beat them by more than four for sure. I'm with you on that. I mean, we're going to see what the Patriots are made of because they got some tougher games coming up here. Yeah. But I'm with you because that Ravens, I could easily see that Ravens defense being exposed again because they have been such up and hill. And I think Lamar is going to get some points, but I'm with you. Four seems seems a little low for that game. I'd play the number there more than the team. <laughs> yeah. The team and the number, I guess, is what I'm saying there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we, I think we talked about Packers Chargers as well. 
Yeah, that was the that was the last one that I wanted to touch on. Four against the Chargers seems asinine. Like that is insane. I know it's at Chargers, but the Pack are running through some people right now. And the Chargers are not very good. And there's no home field advantage to the Chargers. I mean, it's going to be a Pack country there. It's going to be a home game for Aaron Rodgers in beautiful weather. I mean, That's a good gonna, point. He's going to hurl that ball around. He's going back to the home state. He's going to hurl that ball. Yep. Yeah, so – and the Chargers have been a disaster. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I like all those. Um, any other ones jump off the page before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, I mean, nothing really. I kind of like Colts like Steelers. Lines. But Colts yeah, Steelers, I was looking at that as well. I'd take the money line because the money line odds are right better for the Colts right now, even though they're their favorites. But, yeah, I just – there's just a lot. There's a lot of games I kind of like. I'm not gonna lie, like the Bears and Eagles. I mean, this board seems ripe for the pickings this week, which it really does. I I have done better in the NFL, which by the way, the degenerate report last two weeks, ten and four, not to toot my own horn, but that is much watch, much oh. read right now on Bad News Media because the gut is officially back, and I'm the gut is liking this NFL board right now. Yeah, I'm liking it too. I'll definitely have a lot of action this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> As usual. Any final thoughts before we close this bad boy down? Nope, we'll leave it for you. I got one. It's about our our our, our boy we mutually just love so much. Right. So today the NCAA made the statement that they are it was kind of a people ran with this a lot more than I really think they should have, because if you read the statement, it didn't really say a whole lot where they are supporting athletes making money off their likeness, but there's no real plan in place as to what that will look like if there's a certain dollar amount it looks like they're pushing it off until 2021 so they basically just passed a resolution saying yeah hey we like the idea (laughs) but that's the hot seat for clemson because our boy Dabo sweeney is on the record strongly saying he would quit football if athletes ever get played because god forbid they get a little coin so right now Dabo, i'm gonna say you're a man of your word apparently you're a man of integrity why don't you drop that 10-year, $93 million contract and just stop coaching football? Because it sounds like players are about to get paid. <laughs> yeah, let's see you give up that money. Dabo just – Dabo always has something to say, in my opinion. I, he's a great coach, but he also reminds me of one of those people who thinks he's the smartest person in every single room he's in. And yep. I don't know. It's just like – obviously, he can – everyone can have opinions on everything, but sometimes just stick to football. But, yeah. I mean, you know – God forbid we pay them in a legal way instead of the car dealership down the street. Just vaguely, (laughs) vaguely associated with your the vast football programs and has season tickets and owns everything the university ever produces. (laughs) Exactly. Like, come on now. Like, you know, players are illegally getting paid. Like, heaven forbid we have them, you know, legally make some money. Yeah, for something that they are doing way more than you ever did as a college athlete. Like, the responsibilities of college athletes today far exceeds the benefit of that piece of paper they, that some of them, some of them get at the end of the road here. So, like, God yeah. forbid we let them make a little money while they're in the moment on their image that you are profiting, once again, 10 years, $93 million right. off of. So, come on now. Right. Exactly. Like, come on, Dabo. All right. That wraps it up for us. I don't think he's going anywhere, but still funny that that statement is out there in the world. So, <laughs> as always, peace. Better off. Oh, oh, oh.